Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. We are recording this podcast on the 21st of February and it is a Monday afternoon. So today we have a special guest, uh, Aaron Bryans from ABC Sport. Uh, welcome to the show, Aaron. Thanks for having me back on, Pete. Uh, we're going to talk a stack about Adelaide and Port Adelaide as you are based in South Australia. Um, so let's get stuck straight into that. So we're going to start off with Adelaide and obviously one of the hot topics over pre-season for the Crows is Matt Crouch. How is he tracking? Yeah, certainly one of the biggest names that we're, we're looking forward to seeing considering you missed the entirety of last season with those ongoing groin complaints. Um, the good news out of the camp is that he looks like he's ready to go. So um, he's yet to play like a proper intra-club match, but I expect we'll see him in the preseason um, break even of 77. I think he's a must-have at the moment. But, yeah, it's interesting that the past year for Matt Crouch, we, we thought for a while there it was osteitis pubis, considering how continuous the, the groin complaints were and um, the fact that he tried to come back, play a state league match, and then had some further issues, had to go back to surgery. But, yeah, all the wording as far back as December is that they were quite bullish. He'd be ready to go by the start of this coming season, and he hasn't really had any setbacks over the summer. So, fingers crossed he just gets through the next couple of weeks, and I'll definitely have him locked into my side. Okay, from an opportunity perspective, so Adelaide seem to be very patient with Paul Seedsman at the moment. So, if if they're very patient into the home and away season, that does open up op- opportunities. So, just from a perspective of the Crows being patient. Yeah, I think um, you nailed it right there. The fact that the Crows are still a young, rebuilding team that want to break out of the bottom four but probably don't expect to play finals this year, there's no reason to rush Paul Seedsman back. Concussion is obviously such a big issue in the AFL landscape right now. He got a knee to the back of the head uh, a few months ago at training, so that's why he's had these lingering concussion symptoms. And I think um, considering he had his career-best season last year, he's 30 years of age, he's still got a little bit more to give. And if the Crows think maybe they can play finals in 2023, you'd obviously love to have him around. And, yeah, it gives them the perfect excuse to to roll some more players through the midfield. And uh, I guess those major names that could take that Paul Seedsman wing role, well, the main one would be Jordan Dawson, who I'm sure we'll chat about very shortly. But, um, yeah, there's no reason why Paul needs to be rushed back into this side, all things considered, when they've got a lot of kids that, that need to get some game time. Well, that's exactly who we're going to next, and that is Jordan Dawson. So it sounds like he has performed well in his first pre-season at the Crows. Yeah, he's been outstanding. Um, got the chance to chat to Matthew Nix probably about a month ago, and uh, he's glowing. He was the first name that came out of his mouth when we started talking about the list. Um, I think Jordan Dawson was a high-priority recruit for the Crows. The, the rumblings that he may have gone to Port Adelaide certainly shook the club up a little bit, and they did everything they could to make sure uh, he decided to pick them, and he did in the end. Um, being, I guess, referred to as that Rory Laird 2.0 player where – uh, Matthew Nix is very eager to get him into the midfield at some point. Um, I imagine he will be starting off that halfback role, but they've got a lot of defenders in their depth, so there's no reason why he'll stay there. I can definitely see him rotating through the middle, playing on the wing. Um, it's interesting. He's, he's the kind of player who I've got locked into my squad, uh, mainly because Champion Data had him last year, I think midway through the season. I'm not sure if he finished that way, but uh, statistically he was the most improved player last year. He does everything right doesn't have to be statistically dominant, but he's actually performing his role at an elite capacity, finds the ball well, good with his intercept marking, great with the burst off halfback. So 
Um, I think he's going to be really influential this season. The Crows are going to play a defensive intercept style, uh, which will mean if he at times is playing at halfback, he can sit back, take those intercept grabs and go. Um, and then when he rotates through the middle, he's just going to win some balls. So there's no reason why he can't improve on last year's performance at the Swans. Everything to like with Dawson there. So let's move on to Rory Sloan, getting up there in age. So is there a possibility that he's going to spend more time out on a wing as he has, I believe, done so over preseason? He has, uh, not to a high capacity, and I, I don't think that um, he will throughout the season, but there's certainly going to be stages where he'll rotate there. Um, Port, uh, sorry, the Crows rather have a similar issue to Port in that they've got a lot of players they do want to inject into the midfield and, and develop them. So Rory Sloan will at times move to the wing, half forward as well, uh, because you've got to get Schomburg, Berry, Keys, Crouch, Dawson, Miller all in there. Um, I think he starts in the centre for sure. I just think his time in the middle is going to be uh, less than last season. It's going to start uh, declining a little bit in terms of centre bounce appearances. Um, but that doesn't mean that he can't be an impactful player. He's still a good tackler. But, you know, consistent injuries, the age factor doesn't have me invested in him right now. How much midfield usage do you think Harry Schomburg will get this year? A lot. <laughs> in summary, um, if I talk about Jordan Dawson being the most hyped player throughout the preseason, Harry Schomburg's definitely the second. So every player interview that's been done throughout this summer, they've all said that Harry has come uh, back to training in elite form. He's always been kind of known as a midfield bull and, and had that kind of bulky figure to him when he debuted. Really impressive last season and, and just needed to find probably a little bit more of the ball. I think he was getting about 18 disposals. But as a second-year player, you could see the potential and his midfield usage is going to spike this year I think so that's just a natural improvement I think there's no reason why he can't be pushing towards 70 or 80 as a player that works inside wins clearances and is clearly a future prospect for Matthew Nix uh, the only unfortunate part is um, his price he's at 69 at the moment that high 500k Mark, it's just a little bit awkward to, considering the amount of options that we have as rookies, uh, Matt Crouch being in there as well. I don't have him in my team right now. I wish I could fit him in, but um, if you get him, I, I reckon there's certainly the upside there. Do you think Matthew Neeks will stick with a solo ruck all season with Rolly O'Brien? This one might be a headline grab, Pete. Um, I don't think that Rolly O'Brien will be playing all season. Um, that will definitely play a solo ruck. So Riley O'Brien is the preferred ruckman, but Matthew Nix uh, has mentioned to me many times before, last season, Kieran Strawn was very impressive, um, mm. not just in this SANFL, but also at league level. Um, they want to get games into him, but they can't play together. Neither of them really rotate as a forward. So um, the wording that we got in late December was that at some point there's going to be a swap. Um, so there'll be stages where Strawn will get a run O'Brien will get a run. Um, I imagine that Riley O'Brien will be the starting ruckman in round one, but I just can't see him playing all 22 games this year. Kieran Strawn is going to get a go at some point, um, which could be a deal-breaker for a lot of coaches. Massively interesting that. Now, last year, based on the back of those comments that have just knocked me over, so <laughs> last year, this time last year when I had you on the podcast, uh, you mentioned uh, pretty much a month, six weeks ahead of everyone else to say that Jackson Haightley was struggling and it wasn't until we got to the end of the preseason and then all of a sudden he's 
didn't even make the team and uh, we missed him all of last year. So the question this year is, do you think Jackson Haightley can break into that team early? Yeah, I still think there's the same problems there, Pete. Um, The work ethic has been a problem for Jackson Haightley. Uh, Hasn't really impressed the coaching staff, especially last year. He did get a couple of senior games late in 2021 and didn't really put his hand up when he played those. Um, They had that mini intra-club last Friday. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of the playing group was missing. But if you read into that, um, he still played on the B side with the SA NFL top-ups. So considering there was about 16 players out, he still didn't make the main side. So I can't see Jackson Haley playing round one. I imagine at some point he might get another crack at it, but he just hasn't impressed since coming over from the Giants. How is Luke Pedlick progressing over the pre-season? He's good. Unfortunately, he's another player who was in that B side for the intra-club last week. Um, but the potential is there for Pedler. He's still quite young. He's a tackling machine who they obviously want to inject at some point. I'm just not sure if it's going to happen early in the year. Again, I think more at the back end when the Crows are, are pretty much out of finals contention, they might start giving them some more games. But I can see him starting in the SA NFL. He was really impressive in that league last year, so there's no reason why he can't string together a month of good games and get a crack once a rotation is needed. But, yeah, I, I can't see him as best 22 right now. Sounds like Wayne Malira uh, could be back to his best. Yeah, definitely. I think um, it's been a weird summer. At the start of it, the the wording from the club was that they were going to take it slow and essentially ease him back in. There was no rush to get him ready for round one. and It did sound like he, he might be like a middle-of-the-year type prospect that started in the SA NFL, worked his way back to league level, considering he's basically missed two straight seasons. But... Mm-hmm. He's been very impressive in the preseason. I, I think round one is definitely a possibility now. Um, they just keep giving him the crack. He's playing in the trials. Um, hopefully we get a chance to see him against Brisbane this weekend. But, um, yeah, all reports is that he's looking fit and firing, and hopefully there's no more setbacks considering the bad luck that he's had because it was around this time last year that he had that season-ending injury. So. Um, fingers crossed because they really want to get him back into the half-back midfield role. So the, Miller has been mentioned many times as a rotation player that they want to inject into the middle. So um, he's going to get points if that happens. He just needs to play games. How close is Josh Rochelle for round one? As close as he could be for a draftee, I reckon. Um, he's ticking all the boxes. Uh, obviously a first rounder, you know they're going to be likely close to go and in the Adelaide Crows side, considering they are a bottom four team, there's no reason why he can't slip in, considering their forward line is so weak at the moment uh, linked as a Isaac Heaney, Toby Green type player, so he's going to eventually get some midfield run and Matthew Nix was very bullish when I last spoke to him about that's where he eventually wants him to be is in the middle, um, now I don't think that's going to happen heavily early on but if he plays in the forward pocket round one and starts to slowly move into there, obviously there's going to be a progression in terms of his scoring. Um, I think this is a player they definitely want to build around for the future, and, yeah, he's doing everything right at the moment. Can Josh Worrell make an impact in 2022? Probably not as much as some of the other defenders at the moment. Um, Josh is just down in the pecking order a little bit, so Jordan Butts kind of came from nowhere last season and, and staked his claim as, as the key back for the Adelaide Crows, and I can't see that changing. Tom Duda is going to get more consistency now after a couple of injuries the past few seasons. So I think they'll be the main two down back. And then you kind of have Worrell there alongside Fisher-Mackesy, who 
Uh, unfortunately for Worrell, I think Mackesy they're going to invest a bit more in. He's the priority. They wanted to re-sign him and make sure he didn't go back to Melbourne. Uh, both players, they've been experimenting up forward last season in the SA NFL, trying to find a way to, to just get them into the league side. But I think ultimately both of them are defenders. They're just stuck behind a couple of others. At some point, there's going to be an injury that will get them in. But I think Mackesy is first off the cab and, and then Josh Worrell second. Well, let's move on to Port Adelaide. Very interesting where the power are at. Uh, the biggest interest over the preseason is the impending midfield changes. It sounds like more numbers going through the midfield, which could dilute centre bounces. Yeah, it's so uncertain at the moment, Pete. Uh, Michael Voss leaving is a huge blow for Port Adelaide, and uh, Brett Montgomery taking over uh, is not going to be as efficient, I imagine, as what Vossie was doing. Um, that being said... Personally, I think Port Adelaide have missed their window opportunity. They probably had two years there where they were favourites at least to win the Premiership and couldn't get it done. And, and now the list is starting to decline. Uh, the age is obviously a factor. There's still some young players that haven't got enough games in them. But when you look at that midfield, uh, the main name is Zach Butters. I think his centre bounces are going to improve. The issue is Travis Boak is still going to start in the centre. So he's 33 years of age. It's his last year in terms of a contract. I uh, imagine even if he does stay on, he'll end up rotating back forward. But it's hard, so hard to predict right now with Zach Butters because from what we've seen, he's an incredible player and he's going to be a star of the game. And I, I want him in my fantasy side so badly. At some point, he's going to explode. And I, I imagine it could be in the middle of the year, his centre bounces go up, Travis Boke maybe gets injured or isn't playing at his best. Um, he's going to start hitting some big numbers. But does he do it early? It's a bit of a gamble. It's a guarantee that next season he's the guy that leads, well, not leads, he'll be behind Wines, but second best in the midfield. I think Butters is the future of this side. But this year is so 50-50, it's, it's hard to call as to how many centre-bounce appearances he's going to get because you do have Wines, Boak, and as you touched on, this constant rotation of Carl Amon, Willem Drew, Connor Rosie's going to get a crack at some point, Sam Palpepper wants to rotate in there. Um, they've got a lot of midfield options for Adelaide, and no one they've really set their eyes on as that third. So Wines and Boak will always be there. Willem Drew was very impressive last year. So I was surprised at the intra-club on Friday that they decided to start Butters yeah. every quarter, but he didn't stay there. So uh, I can't see it being a permanent fixture until maybe the middle of the year. Okay, so can Ollie Wines replicate his 2021 season numbers? I think so. It's hard to predict because historically Brownlow medalists do have a bit of a drop in form the next season. But as we just touched on, outside of Wines and Boak, Port Adelaide don't really have a set third as their alternate in the middle field. So Ollie Wines is their guy. He carries them on the back. Uh, he's going to lead them through to finals. They don't really win unless he's dropping 27 touches, getting a lot of tackles. Um, he's the guy that's going to lead them back to finals once again. That being said, if there's a tagger from an opposition team. Wines is the guy that's going to be targeted, but taggers aren't really a huge play these days. Coaches don't like to use them, so it's not going to be a huge problem. Um, there's no, no reason why Holly Wines should drop in form. It's it's just that historical data that for some reason Brownlow medalists don't do that well, but he hasn't done anything wrong through the preseason, and there's no one taking his minutes away, so why can't he go again? Are uh, Paul concerned with the lack of footy for Josh Sin last year, or is he set to jump straight in? 
I reckon straight in, to be honest. If, if there were any doubts about the, the hamstring and ankle injuries that he had, he's definitely put them to bed this preseason. So uh, that intra-club match on Friday, he was electric. Uh, reading the play, he was outstanding, effective with his disposal. For some odd reason, Trent McKenzie, who's been quite good for Port Adelaide the past few years after coming from Gold Coast, looks to be the odd man out. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Josh Sin gets a start round one, even if it's off the bench. Uh, it seems like out of that back six, uh, Riley Bonner seems to be locked in as well, coming off half yep. back. So if you if you look at Burton, Aaliyah, Bonner, Burn Jones, Houston, Jonas, they're probably a six that are locked in for Port Adelaide. And then you probably need one coming off the bench. So it could be Sin, it could be Lockie Jones, it could be Miles Bergman. Um, all of them look very good. If one of those six that I mentioned before gets injured, that opens up another opportunity. But, yeah, Josh Sin is certainly in those discussions because he hasn't really done anything wrong. Nathan Bassett, uh, assistant coach for Port Adelaide, uh, referred to an Achilles injury or issue last week for Sam Hayes. Is this something to be concerned about? I don't think so at this stage. Um, they did say he was pretty close to playing that game and it was just a sore Achilles, but you've got to be cautious with these kind of things. Mm. Uh, I guess the good news is that Hayes probably isn't going to start round one anyway because Scott Lysett is the main ruckman. But Hayes is a star, and this is a similar problem to what Adelaide have with Sean and O'Brien, that Sam Hayes has been on this list since 2017 and is dominating at SANFL level yeah. and is just ready to play. And they need to get him into this senior side but both of them really can only play as a ruck. And Jeremy Finlayson can do both. He can play forward and, and be a backup ruck, as we saw on Friday. So I think Lysett and Finlayson are still the two that you go with. Uh, the best chance was late last year. Sam Hayes should have played in the final month when Lysett got injured and they decided to, to use Laddams as the main ruck, knowing that he had a foot out the door. So um, I just can't see where the opportunities come from. But when they do, he's going to be worth investing in. Um, there's just not that space right now for Sam Hayes, and the frustration would surely be there. Yeah, last year, uh, I think it was around the bye period or there, thereabouts when he was going, he potentially could get game time. I mean, mm. the, the obviously I listen to a lot of content, and the talks out of Port Adelaide is that you know Hayes is almost ready. Well, he's just about ready to go. We need to give him game time, and I was quite bullish that he was going to make his debut, and that actually just didn't happen. So if they were bullish eight months ago, uh, another solid preseason, and you've got to imagine that he's going to be pretty close throughout the year. I'm not too sure that they're going to make the switch from um, Hayes to Lysette, but it, you know, you've got to give him some type of game time, I would presume, this year. Is that frustrating point that Port Adelaide's in at the moment where they, they are still contending, whilst I feel they may have missed the window and they're not the team to beat right now, they can contend, and unfortunately, there's a lot of players, young players on their list that haven't got game time because they don't want to play these kids while they're trying to win finals. So Sam Hayes needs to get in at some point. He's getting 40 to 50 hitouts in the SANFL, which I know is state league footy, but it's a good showcase that he can get the job done when he's there. He's tall. Uh, he can tap to advantage. He's probably not as mobile as life it is, but... Um, you don't really need that mobility at times, depending on your game plan. So I, I think he's going to get some gains, but it probably is just going to need an injury, which is probably either Lysett or Finlayson. I guess if that season for Port Adelaide, unfortunately, if it goes south for Port Adelaide supporters, I mean, Hayes could be a potential at the back end of the year if he doesn't get a, an early look. So this might be something to keep an eye out for how their season is progressing, which might increase the chances for Hayes. So let's move on to... 
Jackson Mead, could he be a feature in the Port Adelaide midfield for most of the season? And I'm just going to add another question here. If he's fringe best 22 at the moment, do you think he could be sort of that target for a sub role, which is really important for those who are potentially looking to select him at round one? You know, if you're looking at a sub player, you might want to avoid. But if he's looking like best 22, you'll probably lock him in. But if he's on the outside looking in, maybe it's look somewhere else. What do you think there? Yeah, I think you've nailed it, to be honest. I'm not sure about most of the season. Um, I think Jackson Mead's going to get a go. He's been very impressive in the preseason. But again, that long-listed midfielders that are rotating in, he's right at the bottom of that pecking order. But um, I could see him as a med sub in round one, largely because of the injuries. So Charlie Dixon being out, Razio Fantasia being out, means that they have to move some of their their usual suspects in terms of the medical subs into the 22. So Stephen Motlop might get a go. Sam Pepper might get a go. Georgiades, Marshall and Finlayson will roll as the three. So you have some spots on the bench and as the medical sub to actually fit in an extra midfielder. And because all the midfield guys are already in their 22, their depth is essentially rookies. So you've got players like uh, Jed McKenty who can roll in as well. Uh, we touched on even Marty Frederick coming off half back, but Jackson Mead's probably the guy. Like he's the one in terms of future young midfielders that's the next cab off the rank. So um, I could see him, yeah, playing that medical sub role depending on what they kind of need. I think you tick your boxes there with Finlayson, Dixon, and Georgiades because you've got a backup ruck, you've got your forward line, the defence has got a lot of depth. So yeah, why not make your medical sub a midfielder? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, Twelve months ago, we were, uh, the medical sub wasn't even on the, on the radar. I mean, that just happened a week out from the start of the season. <laughs> but it's something that we actually need to contemplate now: is how secure is Jackson Mead in that Port Adelaide team if indeed he is in? But you know, he could be fringe, which means medical sub, which means you know he could start round one. And when these players potentially could come back, like a Fantasia, that all of a sudden sort of pushes Rosie back into that midfield sort of forward mix, and that all of a sudden bumps out Mead on the back end to miss out and go to medical sub. So it's probably something to keep an eye on from uh, Jackson Mead's point of view. So let's move on to Lockie Jones. So has he secured a role across halfback? Not quite. Um, that being said, he looks brilliant across halfback. Again, it's just that depth problem. So as I touched on earlier, I think Sin, Jones and Bergman are probably the three that are battling for that last kind of defender midfielder role. Mm. Lockie Jones looks tremendous. He, he's built so well. He's only in his second season coming up and he's going to be a star. Uh, but that back line has so much depth in it. If you're looking your back three, like a Burton, Aaliyah Bonner, Burn Jones, Houston Jonas, probably the only thing that works for Lockie Jones, as I touched on a little bit earlier, Dixon and Fantasia being out, Robbie Gray maybe even getting some injuries considering he's 33 years of age, um, is going to open the door for some half-forward moves. And Dan Houston has actually been playing up the wing and at half-forward through the preseason. So if he starts at half-back and moves up, maybe they need a player like Lockie Jones to come off the bench and fill that half-back role. So um, there could be an instance throughout the year early on that um, they need a small forward. They decide not to use Motlop or Power Pepper and they put Dan Houston at the half-forward spot leaving a spot at half-back open for Lockie Jones. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what Ken Hinckley's going to do. It's obviously a new coaching staff with their assistants, so they could radically change things up a little bit in some of the player positionings, and, and that could work for Lockie Jones for sure. Where do you see Martin Frederick at this stage of his career heading into the 2022 season? Uh, not great, unfortunately, and, and I say that as a guy who loves Martin Frederick's game. I think he's electric off the back line. He's... 
uh, really good with his disposal, quite fast with his pace, only 21 years of age. He's got time to get better and find his spot in the side, but we talk about that depth of, of backline talent. He's probably right at the bottom because of everyone that's above him, and it, it's not saying that he's a bad player. He's just young and, and still fresh. In the games he got last season, he was pretty impressive. Uh, hopefully he does get a couple more chances throughout the year, but again, as a contending side for Port Adelaide, they're not really going to gift him those throughout the year. And there's certainly players above him now, like Josh Sin, Lockie Jones, Miles Bergman, who, who are going to get that spot. So hopefully Martin Frederick has a good year. State League and some spots open up throughout the year. And maybe by 2023, he gets some more consistency. Uh, I wouldn't actually mind a bit of a left field throw here, but um, I know Michael Frederick over at Frio is doing pretty well in the half forward line. Maybe you see if Martin can do the same, considering he's got that pace. Mm. Maybe take... Robbie Gray's role, if there's an injury there, um, just trying to fit him into this side. But, yeah, I just can't see it happening early. Well, Aaron, thank you very much. There is a stack of information in there to go back and listen over, which I certainly will. Um, can you let the listeners know where to find you on Twitter and also at ABC? Uh, so my Twitter's at Aaron Bryans. Uh, I'm on ABC Sport Adelaide, so our local number is 891, but you can hear any of our calls on the AFL app or through the ABC Listen app. Um, we're available online as well. There's an ABC uh, sport website, so I'm sure you can find ways to catch me. But I'll be there for all the Adelaide Oval games throughout the year. Very excited for this season, to be honest. I think the Crows are, are going to be on the up, and Port Adelaide will still probably play finals. So we should have some more enthralling games rather than some of those one-sided blowouts that we've seen over the past few years with the Crows side. So it should be a good season. Well, the showdowns are going to get really interesting really quickly. That's for one. Uh, secondly, all the best for calling this year on ABC. And thirdly, uh, good luck for your fantasy season this year. Thanks, Matt. I'm, I'm terrified about this fantasy season, to be honest. I reckon I've changed my team 10 to 15 times because there are so many good midfield rookies alongside Caldwell and Rao. I can't find the space to have as many premiums as I would like. So there's going to be a lot of chopping and changing come the community series. Yeah, I think that once we get through the, this week of practice matches and then obviously the community series that uh, we can start to lock in our team. Anyway, once again, thank you very much for joining the show, Aaron. Thanks, Pete.